Welcome to Highlands Church Audio Sermons. Today, March 26th, 2023, we celebrate our 25th anniversary with a sermon by Pastor Mark Yule out of Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 through 21. Enjoy. Just yesterday, we were at a baseball game. I was checking in, and you had to have an app to pay to go in to see a game. And <laughs> I'm now that guy. I went to get my app and I said, hey, can you help me with this? I can't see my phone. And so the gal helped me. It's awful frustrating when your eyes don't work. You know, it can be exhausting if you're on the computer all day long. It can be just literally tiring with your eyes. Uh, it can be discouraging with, with some folks that we know that are having some severe eye trouble uh, just to see your world get compressed and where you can only see just a small amount of God's creation out there. It can be frustrating. And those same conditions apply not just to our physical vision, but also to our, our spiritual health as well. We can get discouraged if our vision's off. We can get frustrated if we're not able to see what God's doing and, and so many other things. Well, I've got good news for us today, and that is that God's gonna be able to provide great vision for us, not just good vision, great vision, because we're gonna be taking a look at five different directions to look. And with each of those directions, we're going to be able to latch on to an attribute of God that's quite simply, and without trying to self-promote what's ahead, these things can be life-changing when we understand the impact of how God wants us to see. And so, of course, on a 25th anniversary uh, celebration service, we're going to take a look at, at first of looking back. We're going to go back down memory lane and look back on a lot of different things. But I want to give us a warning because there's a danger with looking back that we can fall into. And I want to make sure that we're not falling victim to that potential danger. There was a man that was given a leadership position and all the power and the prestige and perks that went with it. And he had a chance to look back and reflect on where he was. And we're told what he came up to, the conclusion that he reached at that reflective looking back time. And here's what he said. Is this not the great Babylon which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty? And while the words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from you, and you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and you shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and seven periods of time shall pass over you, until you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he wills. The mistake that Nebuchadnezzar made is he took credit for that which God has done. And we don't want any part of that. Last thing I want is mad cow disease to jump on me there. <laughs> so we are going to look back. 
But as Thomas said, we're going to look back and give praise to God for all he's done. You know, we were with our small group on Wednesday night, and they said, Mark, um, Mary Beth, tell us, when you first started Highlands, what did you envision? Was it, all, was it you know, numbers of people or buildings or anything like that? And we had to say, no, it, re- it really wasn't any of that. Uh, the, one, the one vision that we had would probably be more described as the atmosphere or the environment or maybe even the feeling. What we envisioned was a place where the broken and the hurting uh, or the mature or the new in faith could all come together, no matter your condition. You could come together and be able to be engaged in heartfelt worship. We envisioned a place where we could open up God's uh, unchanging ever authoritative word of God and to be able to teach it because it gives us the guide of life and to teach it in a very practical, meaningful way. And we envisioned a place where God's body, the the multicolored breadth of God's body can all come together and not just spectate, but we envisioned a church where people could participate and take ownership. And as again, as we look back, God has been able to, to be there with us every step of the way. There's a song that, that has come to my mind as I've thought about today in our 25th anniversary. It was a song by Zach Williams, uh, and he did a duet with Dolly Parton in one version of it. The name of the song is There Was Jesus. Let me read to you the chorus. In the waiting, in the searching, in the healing and the hurting, like a blessing buried in the broken pieces. Every minute, every moment, where I've been and where I'm going, even when I didn't know it or couldn't see it, there was Jesus. And so friends, this morning as we look back, I want us to be able to look clearly at the fact that Jesus was with us every step of the way. And you know what? He continues to do that, not just in our our body corporately, but what is Highlands? It's just an accumulation or an assembly of believers. So let me give you a personal challenge. As we take a look at each of these directions and each of the attributes that go with them, will you take them personally? Because again, when we do, man, there's some life-changing things that can happen. So again, let's look back. Let's see God has been there at every milestone moment in my life, in yours, as well as the church. And then our next four directions are going to be drawn from an unbelievable passage of Scripture. It's Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. If you have your Bibles, I'd invite you to take a look at that particular passage. We'll have it up on the screen. But in the context of your Bible, you'll be able to see the whole thing painted right there. Each of these directions and each of these attributes is going to be pulled right from Scripture. Let me read both verses to you, and then we'll go back and pull out individually what the significance would be. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we could ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So, our, first, or our second direction, actually, the first from this passage is we're going to have a chance to not only look back, but we're going to have a chance to look up and see the boundless capacity of God. 
Look up and see his boundless capacity. Um, this idea of capacity, I was talking with Brian Dietz, who was, just took his son up to the lake, uh, or Bartlett Lake yesterday. And uh, as you've seen on the news, our lakes and reservoirs are getting to their capacity so much so that the spillways are just flooding our rivers and streams with, with leftover water because the capacity has been so high. Well, when it comes to God, he has no spillways because he'll never get to capacity. It's boundless. It's boundless on what he has in store for us. And, uh, and I thought of this word now as, as Paul writes this. Now, you know, when we, were, uh, when we had our first men's ministry gathering back in the day, we had a gentleman by the name of Jim Schaffner who attended Highlands. And at the time, Jim was the quarterback's coach for the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, I wish we had Jim back. Uh, um, but um, Jim spoke to the men about this word now. And he challenged uh, us to be able to live in the present. And Jim related it to football. He said so often players can get kind of uh, ineffective by dwelling on the play that just happened. They'll get so discouraged or so down on themselves about what happened that they're no good for the, for the present play. And he said, and, and the opposite can also be true. You've, how many receivers have we seen that the ball is coming and right before it gets there and they catch it, they look up and try to take a peek at what's coming at them from a linebacker or safety and they drop the ball. He said the real mature believers are those that can live in the beauty of the moment, the beauty of the present. And boy, we're called to do that even now. And what power are in those simple three words that Paul starts off with? Now to him. Just imagine what your life could be different or how it would be different if you just lived with those three words in mind tomorrow. Now to him. In whatever thing you're doing at that moment, now to him. Now to him. Now to him. That'd be a great thing. And not only now to him, but he is able. He is able. His capacity will never run dry. He's able to do things that are just unbelievable. When we started Highlands, he was able to, to guide us into an elementary school to first meet. And that may not seem like a big deal to you, but back then, there was, it seemed like there was a new church starting at every corner. And we had a hard time finding a, a place to meet. So God guided us to Cheyenne Elementary School. And then he provided for us. He provided a little warehouse office thing that we could rent and, and meet during the week. And that was a great thing. And then the most important thing that God provided, though, through his unlimited capacity was people. And he started bringing in people. I can still, I, I still have a, a card here that was our interest meeting card. And um, it says, you're invited for an interest meeting concerning Highlands Church and it gave the place to meet. We didn't even have a place to meet when we started. So we found out that Robin's Stucky Furniture Store had a community room that you could use for free and they gave punch and cookies for it. So we took them up on that. But God, as we prayed, God continued to bring people together. 
He brought faithful people like Jim and Kathy Williams who would serve all the time. Jim would load up his truck with all the sound equipment and things that we need for worship service. They'd be there early, they'd stay late. He brought us people like our Mellon ministry, uh, the Proctors and Joe Banks that were developing our food ministry that we still have to this day. He was bringing our elders the needed wisdom that we needed when we were first starting out, not really having a clue what we were doing. So we tapped into men like Steve Whiteman, Steve Capobras, Larry Babka, Jim King, and others that, that just provided the wisdom that we needed as a young, growing body of Christ. And God is still doing that. I hope you can see that God is still able to meet your needs. You know, I don't know what you need right now, but do you know what? Our ever-present, never-leaving God knows exactly what you need. And he's able to draw on his resource to provide that which you do need when you need it. And he might do it in some unbelievable ways, which we'll get to with really our next direction here. Our next point that we're asked to, 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 to look up is uh, not only to look up, but also look beyond to see the unbelievable activity of God. Looking beyond is found in this phrase to do far more abundantly beyond what we could ask or think. You know, a few weeks ago, our, uh, our team lead, uh, Ed Lutz, invited the equipping team over to their house for a little get-together. And for kind of a crowd breaker to, to get everybody better connected, he said, let's everybody share our bucket list. You know, that which we're dreaming about and that type of thing. And as he asked that question, I just, I'm not a very far thinker and I don't you know, I don't think big. You know, my, my concept of far vision is what's for dinner tonight. And so, but I, I came up with something and everybody shared something about what, what our vision or what our big dreams would be. And this passage tells us as we look beyond, we're able to see that God's gonna do something that's far more abundantly beyond that we could ask or think. And that phrase itself is, it's six times redundant. It's almost like, Paul's with his pen, they're thinking, oh, how am I going to explain how big and bountiful our God is? He's able to do far, that's one. More is two. Abundantly is three. Beyond is four. What we could ask is five or think is six. I can't even imagine, I begin to tell you the amazing things that God is able to do as he moves. And again, as we look back on the history of Highlands Church, let me just give you one example. Again, he was moving uh, with our facility. You may not realize this, but um, when we were in the school, about two years, they said, hey, we're redoing our air conditioning. We're going to have to ask you to leave. You've been good, but we're, we're renovating it. There's no air conditioning, uh, so you're going to have to go. And they gave us a, a couple months of... of uh, of notice, So we thought, wow, man, what are we going to do? That was a, a big curveball thrown at us. So we started negotiating with Tesseract School that at the time is at where currently Notre Dame High School is right now. And we actually had a lease and we were going to move right into that facility. It was going to be a seamless transition. But all of a sudden, for whatever reason, only God knows, the owner would not approve that sublease. So again, our world was rocked as we were trying to figure out, well, now what? 
Well, again, God provided, God guided, and he directed us to where we met before here into the perimeter center. Uh, a location that's interestingly enough, our, our sister church, Illuminate, meets there now. Talk about how things come full circle. Well, we couldn't get in there in time or get the improvements done in time, so for a few weeks we had to meet in a, a park. Uh, a couple weeks we met at the Westworld Montero Room in their bar. You know, try describing that to the young mom coming to visit for the first time. Um, but again, God provided for us. And he did it in ways that w was beyond what we could even ask or think. And the ultimate example of that, God was moving on the hearts of a family to donate this property, 20 plus acres. And I said, donate. And I hope that hits you as it hit us when we heard it for the first time did he say donate? Like give? Yes, donate. And that was far more abundantly than all that we could ask or think or even imagine that God would move in that sort of ways. And God still moves. He's always in the moving business. And he's moving to restore marriages. He's, he's moving to kind of bring back relationships that may have been fractured. He's moving in ways that, that are unbelievable when you think, oh, I didn't see how God could use that. But he is. And in fact, through this next few months ahead of us, we're going to see stories of how God has been moving. And we're going to be able to share that with the body of Christ. It'll be, again, inspiring as we look beyond what we can see in our limited vision to that which only God can do. Because he still moves. He's still with us. Even when we may not see it or feel it, he's moving. And we want to be able to celebrate that with you. So would you stand up and let's give praise for that kind of God. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, let's keep singing. And we are in just a minute, but we've got two more places to look so you can have a seat. Well, not only are we to look back, not only are we to, to look up, not only are we to look beyond, but the next place in this great passage that we're directed to look is to look in. And again, we see that in this short little phrase that, um, that God is able to work according to the power at work within us. And when we see in what we should see is God's unlimited power. You know, there's a frequently told illustration of Charles Spurgeon when he was doing a, a miraculous work there in the city of London uh, with the Metropolitan Tabernacle. Uh, that church was just exploding in what had been a previously pretty ungodly city. And so as Americans are prone to do, we looked at that and we wanted to duplicate it. So there was a number of pastors that went over to visit Charles Spurgeon and said, what's the secret of this tremendous church growth? He said, you want to know? Let me show you. So he takes this group of curious pastors down, downstairs into the basement and opens the door and he said, here's our power source. And as the pastors looked in, they saw people praying. You see, Spurgeon knew, as I hope we know collectively as a body, and hopefully you as individuals know that it's not us working. It's God working in us, his power. And there's such a tremendous difference with that. 
God's working in us, and that church knew that the power was in prayer. And that's really one of the reasons why even in this next week and a half or two weeks leading up to Easter, we've opened our rock house over here in the children's building, simply from nine to five as a place to come and pray. Pray that God would do something miraculous, not only within each of us individually, not just with the church, not just in our city, but that God would do something powerful and that his glory would be seen across the nation and even across the world. Power is in prayer. There's great strength that is found only there. This isn't a a do-it-yourself project. We gotta look to the one whose power can work through us. And you know where else we see that? It's where God's body comes together in a united way, where we gain strength from one another when every part does its individual part just as God designed, just as God equips, he empowers. And we see that in the body of Christ. Just got through teaching a... a, My Best Fit class, which helps people understand that they've been created on purpose for a purpose. And we try to help them use that purpose and that God unique giftedness in a way that only they've been designed to use that not for themselves, but for each other and for the praise of God's glory. That's a great thing when we can see that kind of power come together. And we see that in just about every big church event that we do. We just had Truck Town where we had hundreds of volunteers helping welcome our community. We see that with food, or Feed My Starving Children when we're able to pack hundreds of thousands of meals. Uh, we see that uh, with you know, Christmas and Easter and all these big church events. We see the body of Christ coming together in every part doing its unique part. And that provides strength. So folks, I hope that you individually know the part that God has designed you to play. And you're using that giftedness with his power for his glory. That's what a calling is. And all of us that know Christ have been called into this beautiful thing called the church to declare his glory. Well, here's the last thing that we're going to be able to take a look at. The last vision challenge is to look ahead. Look ahead and to see God's unending glory. And again, that can be found in verse 21, the entire verse. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. To him. It's like Paul gets back to where he started. To him. Who's him? It's God. It's Jesus Christ. And his light is to shine in the church. And really, that's what the word glory means. Uh, It's one of these church words that we can throw out and not really think about the richness of what this word is. But if you were to look it up, the Greek word is doxa, where we get our word doxology, which is praise lifted up to God. And that's what glory is. It's the shining brilliance or the magnificent splendor uh, or the, 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 just the shining, outward shining that is only there in our true object of worship, which is Jesus Christ. So it's him who should be getting this spotlight and should be the sole focus of all that we do. And it's that spotlight of being Christ-centric that we need to pass on 
to the next generation, to the next generation. You know, looking back on pictures of 25 years, the people that, uh, that were our first babies are now at the stage where they're about ready to have babies. And it just shows us how quickly time goes. It's a vapor, and it's going to catch up with every one of us, trust me. But yet we still have a responsibility to take what God has given us and pass it on to our next generation. As a guy that was given the responsibility for discipleship over these last few years, to me this verse is all about the multiplication of making disciples. And it's not hard. It's simply when somebody who's grown in their faith comes alongside and forms an intentional friendship or relationship with somebody, and through that relationship, they teach them how to walk and follow Jesus so that that person then can do the same thing for the next generation of believers that are coming along. And folks, that's how God builds his kingdom. But we're to be about it intentionally. We've got to do it with purpose. And that's why I, I love the fact that we've put make disciples in this little vision statement that we have most Sundays on the side here. Because that's our next generation. That's why we put money into the, the children's building to renovate that. Not to have a splash pad, but to show kids and bring kids in as a magnet to teach them about Jesus. That's why we pour our resources into our student ministries. That's why we need people on staff that would volunteer to come alongside a student and show them how they can make it through a difficult part of life. That's why we are so looking forward to what God's gonna do in our porch and our young adult ministry because that's the next generation. So let me give you again a personal challenge. Are you understanding that it's your individual responsibility to take your faith, grow it, and then pass it on to somebody else? That's how to make disciples. That's how to make God's kingdom work. And that's what brings God ultimate glory. And that's what we're to be about as mankind. That's the chief end of man is to bring God glory. Well, let me, let me do one final test. You know, after you get your eyes checked, they, they put your glasses on or you slip in the new pair of contacts and then they start holding up those letters uh, and E. So for this last brief uh, vision exam, let me hold up these five uh, directions and attributes. And I want you to examine your vision personally to see how it is. Looking back, are you able to see the milestone moments in your life where God has been there every step of the way? You may not see it at the time, but again, one of the things of 2020 hindsight is you can normally go back and say, oh yeah, God was right there. God was right there with me when I needed him the most. He was right there, even when I didn't see it or feel it. There was Jesus. Are you able to look up and see the boundless capacity of God just to recognize that whatever your need is at that moment, God knows that better than even you do. And out of the resources that only God has, he's gonna provide that which you individually need. Look up. Look beyond and see the unbelievable. Life will throw us curveballs. Our life will cause us to stumble and sometimes even fall down. But in his unbelievable way, God has a way to make all things work together for his good and for his glory. 
in ways that will simply quite blow our little pea-sized, finite minds. God does it in unbelievable ways. Look in. Man, I wish I had the ability to, to look into your life right now so I could maybe, again, in a loving way, point a finger. But can I ask you to look in and honestly, genuinely, courageously look in and see, do I have Christ there? Have I ever come to the point personally where I have invited Christ into my life simply by trusting and believing in that which only God can do? Only he can bridge the gap that's there because of our sinfulness, our inadequacies to do things the right way, the way that God has designed. And yet, God loved us so much that he didn't want that barrier to exist. He sent Jesus Christ to bridge that gap and is inviting you to join up with him again through faith in Jesus Christ and in him alone. You know, if you haven't done that yet, can I invite you? We'll have a team of people up front here that would love to pray for you on that. If you'd like to get further help or resources, there's a little spot right in the back that's a, a little follow Jesus team. We've got some great resources there that will help you grow in that recognition of what you've done to invite Jesus in. Or even if you're redirecting or re, repurposing your life for the Lord, that's a great stop. Take advantage of that. Look in and see what power God wants to have in your life. And then finally, let's keep looking ahead. God's not done. He's still moving. He's still doing great things. And we want to be able to, again, celebrate his power and the unbelievable ways that God is still in the moving business as we sing these next few songs. So would you rise and join us as we continue to give God praise for all that he is and he does? Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we could ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Now if you're familiar with how we normally do our worship services here at Highlands, you know that we normally close with the benediction and we're going to do that, but it's not going to be us. You're going to be our choir as we sing the benediction. But before we do that, we want to pray for the past. Bob's going to pray for the present, and Thomas is going to pray for our future. So would you join me as we pray together? Father, as we look back on 25 years, thank you so much for your faithfulness. God, you have not only just been good, you've been great. You've been there with us every step of the way. So Father, all we can say is thank you and praise you and glory to you for only things that you can do. God, we give you thanks for our years past. Father, continue to protect and guide and lead through the elders who take us through every journey there is, God. Continue to make them faithful and courageous. Be with our staff, Father, as we shepherd on a daily basis the flock of God that you've put among us. Lord, help us to do that with great kindness and love and integrity and, and all of that. And Father, for our people, God, would you cause them to decide to walk with you and to follow you? Make them lights in a dark place, Lord, God, for your glory. And Father God, our prayer for the future, we, we borrow words from your son. Our prayer is your kingdom come, your will be done in Highlands Church as it is in heaven. 
God, that's what we want. That's what we want to see your will done here in this place, in the lives of these people. God, everything you do in us and everything you do through us is for your glory and your glory alone. It's in the name of your precious son, Jesus Christ, we all pray. Amen. Amen.